0: This is a Dude Studios production, and hey, I'm the Dude. Mint Mobile has reimagined the wireless shopping experience and made it way easier. There's no stores, no salespeople, no nonsense, just a huge savings on the nation's largest, most reliable 5G network. With plans as low as $15 a month, you have unlimited talk, unlimited text, and you can find the perfect data plan that suits you. You can even bring your old phone if you're still used to it, or if you want to get rid of your old phone and upgrade, Mint Mobile has a large selection of phones for you to choose from. Just follow the link for Mint Mobile in the description of this podcast. Check out the plans and the opportunities for you to save some money with your new wireless service. Go to mintmobile.com today. This is Roxanne the Bartender, and
1: you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast.
2: Hey bartender
0: have hey, me a drink The a a reason that I'm here Is I need time to think hey, All no, no problem. Uh, all of us have a good really anyway. done. But um, this is uh, Just to put you at ease This is just a casual conversation you know, I tell everybody that this is like A conversation that you would have with Your co-workers after work at like Denny's or something like that, and just be as relaxed as you want to be. The swearing is graded; it's not discouraged. And uh,
1: okay, I was gonna say I was gonna try to be really careful not to because I'm so bad. <laughs>
0: it's, uh, it's, it's
1: it's it's a problem.
0: I know uh, it's it's not a problem. They're just words, like George Carlin used to say. <laughs> I have it set up so that. It's you know encouraged at least on iTunes that 18 and up can only listen to it, so I don't discourage swearing at all. Okay. Uh, uh, but you know, just relax, have fun with it, and
1: well, I am wearing sweatpants, just saying. So I'm pretty real. Like, I'm, I'm there. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this is this is just all audio, no video. But anyway, welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast, Roxanne. So, so, just to get things started, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody on the po- uh that's listening to the podcast?
1: Okay. Well, my name is Roxanne. I go by Roxanne the bartender, since like a little anonymity. But um, I bartend events all over the country, uh, whether they be biker rallies, house music, country music festivals. Um, it's just something I enjoy doing. So I, I guess I'm just a traveling bartender.
0: No. That is some uh, very very high caliber party bartending. I mean, I've done I've done like uh, uh, what do you call them uh, banquets and stuff like that before. But you know, when you're talking about doing biker rallies and country music festivals, that is on an insanely different level.
1: It well, it can be, and the difference though is that when you're working certain festivals, for instance, like a country music festival, um, they're more interested in speed right because the customer lines are going to get long and people are thirsty and they want them to be happy and you're really just like getting the drinks out with the smile of course and of course. you know maybe a little conversation if it's not too busy but biker rallies are a whole whole other level of bartending because you're actually performing or at least if you're a good bartender of course in my opinion yeah, yeah. um and you're performing because you're trying to um not only of course make sales for the bar i mean you know they're not going to be open if you aren't selling liquor but you're also trying to create memories for people at least in my opinion that's what i like to do is perform and create memories
0: cool yeah we'll get into that in a little bit but uh first and foremost like i told you before we started this podcast i like to uh have a drink special at the beginning of my show and since you are my guest uh, would you please tell us about a drink that you like to pour or something that you made up on your own?
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> so I did kind of make up um, a drink on my own, but it turns out it's it's kind of a drink um, where I work. They had like an excessive amount of blue curacao and um, it was a Mexican restaurant. So I was like, why do you guys have this? Like <laughs> we serve Coronas and margaritas and like micheladas, right? Like, why do we have this drink? So I, Started looking at their inventory, and I'm like, I'm going to make something up. This sounds like it's going to taste good, right? So I started putting Malibu rum, blue curacao, pineapple juice in a glass and selling it. And everybody loved it. And it turns out that it's an electric Smurf minus the lemon lime soda. So one of my favorite things to pour is actually the electric Smurf.
0: Well, that's uh, that sounds cool. I, I didn't know that drink existed, but of course, I don't... No bartender knows every single uh, drink in the book that's impossible (laughs) because drinks are being made every day or the same drink is named 17 different things.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Everybody from every region calls, like, it's the strangest thing. I don't know where they're from, but instead of getting, like, a, a Captain and Coke which is what I think, um, you know, non-sociopathic people call it. <laughs> like, there are all these people who will order a Morgan and Coke. I'm like, what's the, what the fuck's a Morgan and Coke? Uh-huh. And they're like, uh, you know, Captain Morgan. I'm like, do you want a Captain and Coke? <laughs> like, what what is wrong with you? Like, do you kick puppies? Like, just order a Captain and Coke. It's not a Morgan and Coke. Yeah. So I'm not sure what region of the country has decided to call it a Morgan and Coke, but yeah. They need to stop.
0: The guy came, became a captain for a reason. You know, get to, you know, let's salute him. <laughs> Give him the respect he deserves.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's uh, The only time that I can relate to that is somebody came up to my bar and asked me, uh, they ordered a 14. And I looked at him and I said, uh, what's a 14? And they said, you know, 7 and 7. I'm like,
1: can, oh, can you just <laughs> say 7 and 7? It's <laughs> <just> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I would, depending on where I was, if I was in like a high class establishment, you know, of course I would have told that story behind the scenes to people. Mm-hmm. But if I was in a biker rally, I probably would have told them to fuck off. <laughs> like, like fuck off with that order. Stop it. Just call it a seven and seven. So depending on where you are is how you can respond to people.
0: Exactly. So, um, let's, let's start out. We don't have to go all the way back to birth, but, uh let's start out uh, when when did you start out in the service industry uh, did you always well, were you always a bartender <laughs> or
1: so that's kind of funny I mean we've all kind of bartended right or mm. like made our own drinks and you know I' bartended here and there throughout like throughout the years just uh, like parties or you know when I was younger but I actually had become like a business professional and hadn't bartended in years mm. and uh, during covid I had gotten laid off and one of my girlfriends, was like, you know, she knew I could bartend. So she's like, hey, what you doing? And I'm like, a whole bunch nothing. What you doing? She's like, well, I'm heading to Sturgis. You know, like they need somebody last minute. Do you want to bartend? And I knew what Sturgis was, but it just wasn't ringing a bell. I'm like, yeah. what's Sturgis? I had to Google that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, am I young enough to do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, these girls aren't wearing much of anything. I mean, like can I compete with that? She's like, shut up. So (laughs) I had a few days notice. I bought a bunch of the tiniest outfits I could possibly find. Mm. And I threw all my stuff in a car and drove to South Dakota. So my first biker rally ever was Sturgis 2020. Really? And it just took off from there. Yeah.
0: See, um, to uh, admit to you and to uh, all my listeners, uh, the reason why I came across your name is because uh, I remember, I've, uh, I've known about Sturgis for years and I've I've only been riding a Harley for the last four and, uh, but I've never gone to a biker rally. I don't know what they're about. I don't know what happens there because people who have gone to, uh, Sturgis, Sturgis, South Dakota, when I ask them what, what happens, what do you do there? And, uh, either they don't remember or they just kind of laugh and say a lot happens there. (laughs) But, um, so I never gotten really a straight answer, but uh, I started looking around, you know, I searched the hashtag Sturgis, uh, Sturgis and your profile came up, and that that's what I uh, what made me want to get you on the shows, because I wanted to get a little bit of intel, you know, let everybody know pretty much, because Sturgis is a big, it's a huge thing that happens in America all the time, and, mm-hmm. or every year, and... You know, uh, want to get a little bit of insight in what it's like to work or to be there, you know, the experience. But and also talk about uh, talk about your bartending, because I uh, went through your Instagram and uh, well, the the video you uh, posted just uh, yesterday, I think, or where you were uh, spanking some guy up for whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, we can get to that in, in a little bit. But
1: yeah. No, I and actually, I, I oddly found from working at Sturgis that I absolutely love, love paddling people. <laughs> no yes, um, I was like, why did I even get a degree in
0: economics? Yeah.
1: I just want to paddle people. Right. Like supply and demand, though. I mean, hey, I can apply economics to bartending all day.
0: Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, there's always a way. but
1: Yeah, but. You know what, I will say, having not been at Sturgis for as long as some of the other bartenders, I think it gives me a unique insight because I'm not I'm not saying all oh, bartenders are dated. Please don't take it that way. Mm. But you know, some have experienced it for so long that it's it's just kind of normal to them, right? The excitement's gone. It's just, you know, maybe about, you know, going there, maybe seeing a couple people, the money. But for me, it's still really exciting and I really enjoy it and I get to meet these cool people. So I still have this like kind of very unique experience with Sturgis that maybe somebody who's like, well, I've been coming to Sturgis for 20 years, you know, wouldn't have. Mm. So I get kind of excited about Sturgis, to be
0: honest. Unlike the the guy that you wrote Sturgis Virgin on his back with a Sharpie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I actually talk to him all the time on Instagram. He writes to me all the time. He's like, you do know that picture is me, right? And I'm like, of course I know that's you. Like, it's just your face. <laughs> and I actually meet up with people. Um, I was just in Nashville last week. And actually, the there's a photo of a guy. Um, his name is Jim, where my whole backside is out, of course. Mm. And it's just such a sweet picture. And he was like, hey, I'm only a couple hours from you. And I was like, great, let's meet up. So I meet up with people in different places depending on where I am in the country.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that's cool. Uh, you make friends uh, no matter where you go, pretty much, it sounds like.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Well, and I know you kind of get a good feel on who to avoid where you're like, mm, I think that person's probably going to bury me under their basement.
2: Stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: or this person seems cool. I'll meet him out in public and we can have a day. So like we went and listened to jazz music all day in Nashville. It was amazing.
0: So, uh, you mostly bartend, uh, for festivals. Do you, uh, bartend at a restaurant or.
1: Yeah, I bartend at a restaurant. Um, I waitress at a restaurant. Um, I'm actually like potentially going to be working at another place part time. Uh, I'm going to Texas this weekend to meet up with a customer Right after that, I'm going to Panama City Beach to bartend a festival. Um, I'm just always traveling. In September, I worked um, the Ark House Music Festival in Chicago. And then the very next weekend, I believe it was, uh, I worked the Country Thunder Festival in Florida. So it's really just everything everywhere. And then the last weekend of September, I was supposed to work um, the Hideout Rally in Northwest Arkansas. But I wasn't able to make it down, but I felt so bad that I actually just drove down there to help them clean up the festival for free.
2: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So- well, you know, bartenders and bikers, we kind of become family. Yes. And so, I agree. you know, one of like a, one of the really just a really great customer that was down there. He's a friend now. Um, you know, because people they are customers at first, of course, and then they become friends. And he was down there at the rally. And the guy I'm going to visit next weekend went to the rally, and I missed him from Texas. And, you know, the person who actually runs the rally, it's a whole charity rally to help benefit the police. So I was like, how am I not going to help out in some way for that? Sure. So I just, I think it's only a four hour drive for me. So I just drove down, helped clean up.
0: Oh, I, is it like uh, the end of the Woodstock movie from, you know, from 1969 where Jimi Hendrix and you it's see not that ever. Bad. Uh, Yeah, I was about to ask, is it that bad or?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) So the biker community is pretty respectful. Actually, I find that when I go to biker rallies, it's much cleaner than when I go to things like house house music festivals or even the country music festival. Um, We had barely any garbage to clean up, whereas when I went to those other festivals, it looked like people were just drinking things and throwing it, regardless of where the trash cans were.
2: Wow. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, and I'm not just trying to promote the biker community. Like, that is a fact. I may even have pictures to back it up.
0: Well, well, I've always, uh, since I started this podcast, I've always promoted the biker community just uh, a little bit because there have been many times during my years as a bartender where making friends with the Harley riders always, uh, once you've made friends with them, you've made a friend for life because. Oh, I tell the story all the time where this one guy tried uh, was trying to intimidate me, tried to, acting like he was going to hit me, and I was pretty convinced. All I had to do was turn around to my Harley riders and go, "Pat, kill," and he would have done it. But
1: yeah, pretty
0: much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've always uh, I not just because I also ride a Harley, but you know, no, there's a brotherhood that goes along with them, and once you've made friends with them, uh, you've you've got a friend for life, no matter what.
1: Mm-hmm. But Well, no, and it's funny that you say that because that's when I first started working biker rallies, people were scared for me. Mm. They were like, hey, you need to be careful. And I was like, um, if anybody messed with me, everybody around me would like destroy that person. There is no way they won't allow it. Like there, you cannot disrespect us like the bartenders. And the other thing too, is that, uh, for instance, um, so I work this rally called the hideout. And it's both in Northwest Arkansas and in, uh, North, Northern New Mexico, kind of near Angel Fire. So when I worked that, uh, the entire place we were bartending was rented out by, um, Marine MCs. So all of these different veterans, Marine veterans came from all over the country to meet at this hideout rally to support, you know, the veterans and like the different charities that they were supporting in New Mexico. And these guys were the coolest. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, and actually, one of them I started chatting with knew my grandpa who had passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. My grandpa lived in the middle of nowhere. It's called Butte Meadows, California. Half an hour, I think, or so north of Chico on the side of a mountain with a population of maybe 50 to 70. And he knew my grandpa. Wow. So it's just such a crazy small world. But, you know, people think of bikers and they think of sons of anarchy. And I'm like, okay. I'm sure there are badass biker gangs that are breaking laws and, you know, doing all the bad things that are promoted on different various shows, but I'm not getting those guys.
0: Mm.
1: And frankly, like, can I tell you a quick story? Of course. All right. So I was walking to work at one Jacks in Sturgis and the Health Angels house happens to be literally next door. and, And we don't really talk to them. You know, we don't, you know, and, and nobody's allowed to wear their colors into the bars at Sturgis. You know, everybody knows the rules, right? Mm. To play the game. Well, I was walking to work, and they were selling a ton of merch, which I, was really confusing because I thought the hell's I'm like, the hell's Angels? are selling merchandise? Like, mm. like Victoria's Secret has pink across the butt, and now they've got Hell's Angels across <laughs> the butt of underwear? Like, just, <laughs> I was a little confused by this. a little confused, but um, I realized on the way to work that I forgot to put on socks and a long shift like that with net stockings and no socks is just going to be
2: uh.
1: killer. Right. Especially with all the funny dance moves I'm doing because I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> and so I went up to this table and I'm like, I know this is a long shot. But is there any chance you're selling Hells Angels socks? Because I can't drive home. Like I just don't have the time to drive back and grab socks. And he looks at me and he's like, you know what? I just bought a whole new pack of socks. I'll just give you a pair. And this guy goes into the house and these are nice socks, okay? These weren't some cheap, like, you know, Hanes socks. These were really nice, like performance socks. Grabs a chair, sits me down. He's like, do you need any help? He gives me a socks. I put them on, put my boots on. He's like, you have a wonderful day. And I was like, thank you so (laughs) much. And you know what? Um, One of the things that does happen is I will have offers for people to buy my socks from me. So I actually was like, I sprayed them down with a little bit of my perfume, rolled them up real nice. And I'm like, here, like tell, cause I couldn't, the guy wasn't there when I got off my ship. I'm like, I, I wish I remembered his name, but I'm like, tell him he can sell these. He can sell these. Ones. <laughs> tell him it's not. It's so wonderful. Uh, <laughs> like, trying to like help him out. But yeah. that. So I, I have no problems with the biker community.
0: Yeah. That's a great story. I mean, uh, all the stories I've heard from uh, about the Hells Angels is are. Old stories from like the seventies and uh, yeah. the nightmare at Altamont, and, and so I don't, I don't. It's very rare that I hear a good story uh, about the Hells oh, Angels. No. So
1: they've always been so nice, and they're like at least the ones I meet. We we aren't, we don't know unless they tell us, right? Because we cannot of anybody who's wearing colors or affiliations like we have to tell you gotta leave like that's just the rules you don't break the rules or you lose your job but like if you find out through conversation over over here or anything i've never had anybody who i believe is in any kind of mc like be rude or disrespectful to me in any sort of way. Like people are fun. Now I get some sexual comments, but that's just going to come with the job with what we're wearing. Right. Mm. And then we can just shoot right back at them and make fun of them. I mean, I can beat them up. I can put I mean, what's a fair game. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but I, you know, I just, and if people are rude, I'm just rude right back to them.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's well, that's uh, what all bartenders do. <laughs> They've, uh, uh, I've seen some of my favorite coworkers I've ever had. They've, told warned customers, if you're going to flip me shit, expect to get it back. Cause yeah, uh, if you don't, if, if you don't think you're going to get it back, you uh, better keep your mouth shut.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so, and that's the thing is that I will sometimes now, um, where I'm at, you know, I obviously have to like, remember, I cannot be in Sturgis brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to treat it very differently, but sometimes I'll get people who will give me a hard time and I'm like, I will tell them like, I bartend Sturgis. Do you know what Sturgis is? Cause you're about to bring a little bit of that out of me. <laughs> but I've actually had some customers find some of my social media. And so people are coming in now. And, um, one of, one of my favorite customers, Jessica's like, I'm going to have a party for Halloween. Can you do body shots for me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if you know people can afford my body shots, but we'll see. We'll see. So I know. actually one of those videos, just, I think it's going viral. On TikTok. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's. Um, I posted it a couple days ago, and I'm at about 29,000 views now.
0: I, I might have run across it, because <laughs> uh, I think I I follow you on TikTok also. But
1: Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> Thanks for the views. But the guy was such a sweetheart. He'd actually, it was his first Sturgis, and he was going through a divorce, and I'm not going to say the things he was telling me about the woman he was divorcing. But I put on there, he had a diving hat. And I'm a, I am have an advanced open water, so I was like, oh, are you a diver, right? Because you're always looking for things to talk about with people. And he's like, funny story. Actually, no, I'm not. Um, and he tells me all about how he's divorced and his wife and, you know, the horrible things she had said and done. He's like, this is her favorite hat. So I took it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to take pictures with all these beautiful girls in this diving hat,
2: fucking had his
1: mind now it was great it was so savage so i was like oh my god i love you dude and so we talked forever but i gave him his first body shot and so we did kind of a great video and a couple of people were like oh his he's horrible i'm like it's his first body shot don't you be mean he's nice yeah So I'll, like stand up for people because i'm like you do not get to be rude like that was his first body shot we all have to do something for the first time and we can't all be experts at it
0: right so, adorable. so when you started uh, doing these festivals, your friend called you up and asked you if you wanted to go to Sturgis, did, uh, when you, are you affiliated with a company or, uh, how do you manage to get jobs at all these festivals?
1: So this is a common question. Okay. So I don't know how she got in. I think she applied years ago and had been working there. And then they, of course, what happens is networking, right? Somebody who was doing the hiring. Actually, I call her the HMFIC Taylor. She's amazing. Um, she was like, hey, I need a couple of more bartenders. And Rose was like, I got the person for you. And so um, that's how I got in. But based on that, then you start meeting other bartenders. And so we have like a, you know, a special one-eyed jacks group for only the people who are employed there and maybe somebody will post and go, hey, we're going to need a bartender at this festival. Anybody available, anybody willing to drive or anybody close by. And then, um, you know, that's how I ended up working the hideout events. Well, then based off the hideout events, there was a girl who did actually work for a staffing company who was like, hey, they're looking for people for the NFL draft. Anybody interested? That's how I got in at the NFL draft on accident. Now I work with that staffing company technically and could opt for jobs that they put out. But most of it's word of mouth and like who you know or the reputation that you've built. Because if you're known for... You know, if you've gotten fired for drinking because we're not supposed to drink other than, you know, some shops here and there with the customers, but you can't get drunk. Right. You know, if you are known for doing that, you're not going to get hired back. If you do anything inappropriate, you're not going to get hired back. And that traveling bartending community is small. It's big, but it's small. And yeah. so it's mostly just, hey, we need somebody at this bar and I know you. Mm. And I know that, you know, people like you or you have a good following and you're going to bring more customers to my bar would you want to work here? Yeah. And applying of course.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that happens to a lot of bartenders when one bartender loses job, then somebody uh, puts their ear to the ground and then, you know, th- friend through a friend, this place needs, yeah. a, uh, needs a, cause bartenders, we protect each other also, you know, we're pretty much yeah. all friends. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, there were in the town where I used to bartend at, there were five bars and we had, well, this was predating text messaging, uh, but uh, we we would all call each other if there was an evil customer or overly served customer wandering around, and you know, yeah. warn each other. So we're even though we, we kind of had this mentality that our businesses were kind of in uh, competing with each other for business, we the bartenders still helped each other out. And yeah, that that's really cool that you know your friend thought of you right away to come out and uh, do Sturgis. And it is it a lot of work to uh to get to these other places.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> like and you know one of the common misconceptions I get a lot is that oh they fly you out and pay for your housing. I'm like, "You yeah, no.
2: No. Uh, I'm
1: paying to get there. I'm paying for my housing. You know, I'm if I'm doing extensions, of course, spray cans, nails, like, you know, the gym membership I have to go to to maintain my physique, although this year was a little rough. But <laughs> <laughs> In my videos, you can see, I was like, oh, I'm going to need to tighten up my derriere a little bit. But um, no, these are all things we have to pay for. You know, these outfits, these little gimmicks, you know, when I buy a paddle or, you know, I will personally bring like beads and like little fun props and stuff. So if it's, if somebody's a Sturgis virgin or if it's their birthday or they're celebrating a divorce, usually, (laughs) then, you know, I'll try to make that experience better for them. You know, and obviously I'm like, okay, hopefully they have more fun and they tip me more because I'm there to make money, but I also want to create those memories. And so it's like a win win for both of us. But I mean, I've had people like, what do you make? 20, 30,000? And I'm like, what world do you live on (laughs) where I'm making 20 to $30,000? Like maybe that was a thing back in the day. I don't know. Like maybe that's just like a, what are those? Oh, so sorry. I've forgotten the word. Um, you know, a story that's told so many times it gets bigger and bigger yeah, and bigger. A
0: telephone game or whatever you want to call yes. it. Yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's ridiculous now. <laughs> Nobody is walking out of there with 20 to 30,000 except for the people who are owning bars.
2: Right. So uh, one is more than that. Yeah.
1: But yeah. So, you know, and then sometimes people will like assume they should tip less because of that. Because they're like, well, you're already making enough. And I'm like, no. It costs a lot Mm. to, we have to fly to these events or, you know, I drove personally, but the housing alone in Sturgis, you can ask anybody who goes there, it's not cheap. So when you have a lot of people go in on a house, but it's still not, you know, it takes me sometimes a week just to break even with what I've spent to get there. And it's only like a 10 to 14 day event. Like there's a pre-rally and, you know, a little bit afterwards. So, um, and maybe it's more like four or five days, but still, like, I have to keep track. Like, when am I breaking even and when am I making money? Mm-hmm. Hey bartender.
0: You know, sometimes when I'm working, I don't have a lot of time to eat or even sit down. But sometimes you just got to have something in your stomach. Otherwise, you're just going to have a rough afternoon. That's why I keep a raw rev nutrition bar in my backpack at all times that way if I just need something quick to put in my stomach I just grab into my bag I eat it it's good for you it has high quality plant-based proteins no soy or whey proteins uh are nutrition and diet conscious ingredients healthy proteins fats and fiber nothing artificial and they've got a lot of these great flavors uh like creamy peanut butter and sea salt peanut butter, dark chocolate, and sea salt, double chocolate, brownie batter, and birthday cake, and tons of other flavors. Go check them out. www.rawrev.com Use Hey Bartender at checkout to get 5% off your entire order. Go to www.rawrev.com and don't forget to use promo code Hey Bartender. Hey Bartender like I said, I've never been to a biker rally, but I hear like at big events like San Diego Comic-Con where you, like they're going to be nerds for miles for at least a week. And I oh, yeah, <laughs> I, that,
1: I would love to do that, too.
0: <laughs> but uh, the uh, all the hotels probably within a 10 mile radius are completely booked, but they boosted their prices because they can. And yeah,
1: that's economics.
0: And so, <laughs> yeah, that's basic economics there. But um, you know, I have to sit back and wonder, like, when the cast of The Flash comes out there, where do they stay? Because you know, uh, well, uh, there I'm sure their uh, their affiliates and their stations pay for everything for them. But yeah, uh, yeah, but when you're going to Sturgis, it has to be the same thing because what was it? You you were there in 2020, you said, Mm -hmm. and that was uh, the. It, it happened during quarantine in 2020, and a lot of people, there were, what did they say, there were a quarter of a million people out there?
1: Uh, I think it was somewhere between two and 400,000.
0: Yeah. And so even that, which that two and 400,000, that uh, actually freaks me out how many people that is. But uh, <laughs> even that, I'm sure the hotels and houses and people's couches, nobody was hurting for, uh you know when it came to a place to stay, but there's also like the campgrounds. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine uh, uh, who would attended Sturgis a couple times, she said she just camped out in her car. She uh, mm-hmm. she one year she decided that she wasn't going to ride her motorcycle all the way out there, so she just drove out there and slept in her car the whole time. But yeah,
1: um, that wouldn't work for me because I don't know that the smell would get me as many tips. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they do prefer that we smell good when we come to work.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's good. (laughs)
1: Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But no, yeah, so we have to find all of our own housing. And um, luckily, um, I've been able to be within a house that kind of has an agreement. Um, A lot of people will go on vacation to just rent their houses out during that portion of Sturgis. Mm. And so, you know, they know when we have our employee meeting, when they have to be gone by. We know when we can actually enter the house. A lot of these houses will have like the key codes on the door and they just rent it out and then they go on vacation. And frankly, they can probably pay for their entire vacation then some with the amount that we have to pay for those houses to rent them out.
0: Yeah, I bet.
1: So I guess the people in Sturgis win too, if they're willing to rent out their house.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I have uh, sh- that, that same friend of mine. She, uh, she sent me a picture of the strip uh, in Sturgis and I saw uh, just this, Line heading for the horizon of amazing motorcycles, uh, yeah, choppers, Harley's, Indians, uh, Hondas, but uh, but uh, they, they make
1: fun of them. Don't worry, I know they do. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh,
0: I've heard all the stories where uh, if the, you look like that, you didn't camp out the whole way on your ride. Uh, you didn't ride the whole way to South Dakota. You had your uh, motorcycle trucked in they'll 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 spot you and they'll uh, flip you shit for it
1: they will they (laughs) will there are a lot of sturgis um groups like rally groups actually and they'll have debates about this because here's the thing is some people are like you know what i don't want to ride seven thousand miles i've done that like i've done my time on my bike and i'm gonna you know put it on my toy hauler come in and i'm gonna enjoy the roads there and then other people are like oh it's only real if you ride all the way there. So it's, it's just kind of like Harley versus Indian, right? Right. Like (laughs) you're going to be in one camp or the other. But for me, I'm just like, I just want you guys to be happy. I don't really care if you rode all the way here or not. Like, (laughs) because I, there's one customer, well, he's a friend, of course, now, he's just such a wonderful soul. And, um, his, it just, I will only ride with him. I only trust him. Mm. And so, um, I actually rode, uh, I think we did about 130 miles, and we did uh, Needles Highway and Iron Mountain, I believe, and I wanted to die by the end. It felt like my butt was going to fall off, Uh (laughs) and it's hilarious. Curtis was like, oh my gosh, I could tell when you were falling out because I started moving and shifting a lot, And and you have to be a good rider too, right? You can make somebody crash if you're doing the wrong thing on the back. I was like really trying to kind of shift around my buns a little. I started like falling asleep on his back. And I was like, man, I'm not even in charge. Right. (laughs) And I am exhausted just from riding, So I can't imagine, you know, if I can't, I can barely hang for 130 miles. And I'm not ashamed to admit that my butt was going to fall off. But I can't imagine doing several thousand miles to get there. I mean, I'd probably have to spend the first three days just recovering, yeah. but I guess that's why some of your friends don't remember anything, because that's <laughs> their way of recovering, are those Jack and Coke.
0: Uh, yeah, the, uh, the longest ride I've ever done by myself uh, was, uh, I think, well, it was 120 miles one direction, and I only stopped just because I was thirsty on the way out. And I you know got got myself a uh, quick drink and then kept riding and then I decided, okay, time to turn around and go home. And then all of a sudden, about uh I don't know, twenty five miles, I was like, My butt really hurts. Stop, stand, walk around for a little while, <laughs> get back on the get bike on the bike, and I it seemed like it was every ten minutes after that. You know, like, God, I'm really uncomfortable. Get off, let the blood circulate a little bit more and then get back on. Yeah. But that was what yeah, I I
2: once you hit that point, oof. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I, I was relatively new to it uh at that time so uh i don't know maybe i've got uh built muscles in my butt or something by now but
1: <laughs> but calluses <laughs> yeah there, yeah.
0: <laughs> but
1: we'll just make up a name for
0: it yeah so when you're bartending uh in uh, when you're bartending at uh, oh, the thing I was going to finish uh, talking about. She sent me a picture of the strip with all these motorcycles just straight down for the horizon. But the first thing I noticed was there's nobody on the street. And I, uh, I asked her that, and I said, "There's a uh, there's a lot of cool bikes in that picture, but where are all the people?" And she goes, "In the bar." And. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? And she goes, yeah. And then she sends me another picture of her with two waitresses from One Eye Jacks. She goes, because they're in here. (laughs) And I was like, gotcha.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's what we're known for is having. I mean, you know, there are other bars there, too. But one of the things that One Eye Jacks is known for is having, you know, um, attractive bartenders, but also a plethora of different kinds. Right. So it's not all just, you know well skinny busty blondes like me we've got the curvy girls we got the goth looking girls we got the badass girls we got the sexy dirty girls like we got the girl next door i mean we've got that's what taylor is so great at is finding you know these bartenders that are for everyone right because not everybody likes the same look and the same personality and so she brings in all these different people one obviously there's some people who just have this amazing following and, you know, bring a lot of customers to the bar, which increases sales because, you know, we're all we're all capitalists here. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, you know, there's a little something for everyone. And that's why I enjoy it.
0: So um, what are the drinks like that you serve there? Uh, is it mostly I mean, what's the uh, majority of what's more majority of people ordering all the time? Is it just beers and shots or do you have this wide selection uh of people with different tastes and different uh uh what do they order
1: (laughs) no worries so we have an insane selection of alcohol so we can make anything however the majority of people drink beer or something like you know just jack and coke or a captain and coke (laughs) it's not a morgan and coke yeah fuckers (laughs) you know like you know, vodka cran. you know, just like really basic drinks. It's nothing crazy. But that one we talked about, my favorite drink, the electric smurf, I was so tired. Whenever anybody comes in and they're, oh, and in the mornings, a lot of Bloody Marys. Uh, Holy hell. <laughs> a lot of Bloody Marys and, you know, or screwdrivers. Because I'll be like, hey, you look like you need a little vitamin C, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I could put a little orange juice in that vodka for you, but... Um, when I have people who are like, I don't know what to order. I'll be like, do you just want something refreshing? And they're like, sure. And I'm like, all right, great. I'm going to make you something. It'll be $12. And they're like, okay, (laughs) 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 I'll make it. And they're like, what's this called? I'm like, and I remember the first time I did it, I was so tired that I said, it's blue drink. And they're like, well, what's it called? I'm like, it's called blue drink. Drink it. You'll like it. It's blue. Drink it. And so after that, like people would line up and be like, what's that over there? I'm like, blue drink. Do you want one it's really good and the people are like oh it's so good and they give the thumbs up and so i'd have like all these people around my edge like, there was three bartenders on my bar it's a real big bar but on the end that i was on i'd have all these people just lined up with blue drinks and it was hilarious because what you want blue drink <laughs> so, <laughs> they knew if they wanted the blue drink they just had to come to me but i was not you just get so tired that and there's so much to remember because you know you don't want your drawer to be off you You know, you're trying to like do all these different things, trying to make everybody happy. The last thing I want to think is it's an electric. Nope. It's blue drink. Drink it. (laughs) Shut up. You're going to like it. Give me, give me all your money.
0: So uh, in this situation though, uh, customer service, you said that you've developed regulars, lots of regulars. Oh yeah. And when you're dealing with uh, a quarter million people or more, and you're still able to get regular customers. That's an, that's amazing. What is your secret? What's, what's the trick?
1: <laughs> well, I think for a lot of us, and I can't speak for all bartenders, but you know, some people a just like the way we look, right? We've got the right look. We've got a certain sex appeal that they're attracted to. And so they will seek people out at the bars they go to. Mm-hmm. And that's where the social media following come in. Cause we can say, Hey, I'm going to this bar and people will come to that bar to see us perform, or just to check us out, you know, a little, little something, something here and there, not like that kind of something, something, yeah. but being yeah. you know, a little peek of like a little like lower booty or some cleavage, right? But the other thing is just like, we talk to them. So, you know, when I'm talking to people, sometimes I'm too busy, I can't talk to you, what do you want to drink? Okay, next, I got to you know, and you can tell when that's happening. But it's I have an opportunity to speak to you. Of course, I'm going to ask, where are you from? What do you do? You know, what are your hobbies? Because what I like to do, and I think this is what's gotten me a lot of regulars is in a little trade secret for me, is I can't remember names for the life of me mm. unless somebody's made an impression on me, you know, like Curtis or Craig or Jim or, you know, like Ed or, you know, there's so many people. Mm. But the thing is, is that when you find a group of people from Nebraska, And then on the other side of my bar is another group of people from Nebraska. I'm like, hey, y'all are from Nebraska. Be friends. And I will, like, make people move because then these two groups of people start talking, where are you from? Where are you from? Shots start getting bought and exchanged. Everybody's, like, sharing numbers because then they have new friends they can ride with in their home state. So I love to connect people that are actually from similar areas and similar states so that, you know, they have – maybe new friends after they leave because most people come with a group of friends. So they're not going to necessarily talk to new people. Mm. So I'm like, Hey, let, let me help you out. <laughs> so I'm kind of like speed friend dating for people too. Yeah.
0: That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. And quick thinking also, uh, is that something that you, uh, customer service skills you, uh, you just picked up or is that something you learned or, I mean,
1: it's just a weird thing I do. It's just something that, like, I will ask people where they're from, and I can tell them every detail about them except for their name. Yeah. And I don't know why. I can tell them their order, what they've been drinking. Like, I can repeat the stories they've told me. I can even remember where they sat at my bar. But unless I have, like, you know, said the name enough or looked at their pictures enough to, like, associate a name with the face, like, I will tell them where they're from. Like, I can – all the people I just named, I can tell you what states they live in. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that's just something that I, I thought was always interesting for, about Sturgis is that if it wasn't COVID right now, I wouldn't just be naming states. I'd be naming countries. People come from all over the world. And that's the next thing that I look forward to is that, you know, once COVID is simmered down and the borders are all open, people can come in, you know, more freely. But, you know, um, being able to ask people where they're from, it's like, wow, people really come from everywhere to yeah. go to this event and so for me it's just kind of interesting as well plus since i'm from the kansas city area i'm always looking for other people from that area because mm. i'm like oh pictures let's know each other like you know like i will you know go out of my way to be extra nice mm. you know i don't i can't pour heavy that's that's against the rules so it's right. not something like oh you're from kansas city i'll pour nope mm. not breaking the rules so- <laughs> i like, but But I can, you know, do other things like maybe it's not their birthday, but I give them some beef, you know, or I've even had um, this is a crazy story. Somebody had found me online um, because I had posted in a Kansas City motorcycle group. He came to when I jacked, found me at my bar was writing on Instagram. Like, where are you? Because it's a huge bar. It's a little hard to find it sometimes. And he actually gave me money to put to the side to buy his friends beers that were coming in three days. So I went and talked to the other bartenders. I'm like, hey, this money, right? Because we, we had decided to split tips and I didn't want them to think I was being, you know, dishonest or lacking integrity. I'm like, this money is to buy somebody drinks in a few days. So I'm going to put it to the side. I explain the situation and they trusted me inherently too. They know, you know, my level of integrity. So you're good. And so those people can't. And I'm like, are you Rambo? And he's like, I am, are you Roxanne? And I'm like, absolutely, what are we drinking? This is how much money you've got. <laughs> so it's things like that, that you know, friends will send their friends to me because they're like, you're just so genuine and nice. Now yeah. some people go to the bars because they want the really mean one. Right. And frankly, when I'm thinking people, I am kind of mean, it's kind of <laughs> wonderful. But I am a genuinely nice person who's actually interested in their stories. And I think maybe that is something that differenti- differentiates me as well. Is that I genuinely care about their experience?
0: Yeah, and so what's your favorite way to ensure that you're memorable? Uh, oh. So, <laughs> okay. well, I mean, so whatever, whatever you're comfortable <laughs> in telling me that. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I don't ever do anything like so. It, there's a lot of assumptions about the girls because of the way we dress, but yeah. like they're yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> so like. So, cause we get hit on a lot, but I'm always people always like, "What are you doing after work?" I'm like, "Frankly, I'm doing tips for pics because hopefully people know that when you're taking pictures with the girls walking around in their office, you you should tip them, Mm -hmm. okay? You're not tipping, you're an asshole. Stop it. (laughs) But I do tips for pics, and then um, I go home and go to sleep. (laughs) I'm tired for performing the entire day, right? Jumping around, running around, banking, doing body shots, like joking around with people. Like this takes a lot of energy. Mm. And, you know, and when you get home, you're all jazzed up. You can't go to bed right away. I go to sleep. (laughs) You know, uh, some people go out and party and go listen to music or maybe some people date the customers. I don't know. Mm. That's not me. But what I do, I think how I'm memorable is that I am a secret nerd. Like if you haven't picked up on it, I'm also an economist. So Mm. I studied (laughs) economics. And I I just embrace my nerdiness, like I'm a horrible dancer. So I will specifically let people know, like, hey, you know, these girls will, because I bartended on a different bar upstairs last year, and these girls can twerk and shake their hips in ways I can't. I could behind them and do the robot like no joke like these girls are doing all these sexy dances and I'm like behind them miming right and but that's like legitimately me right I'm not it's a performance but it's it's really me so I'm letting them know like I'm a horrible dancer so when I joke around I'm like yeah because I'll tell stories about you know things I've done or And they'll be like, are you a good dancer? Or they'll joke around. I'm like, yeah. And I'll start doing like the cabbage patch, right? (laughs) Because I'm horrible. So I'll make fun of myself. And then one of the fun things I did this year, actually, was I found these squeezable pigs at a store in different colors. And I was like, oh, squeezable hogs that go like right? It's so funny. And I'm like, "Okay, this is totally my personality, right? So I would go up to people and I'd be like, so, especially if they look serious, because I'm like, you're you're being too serious, dude. You're, you just have some fun, right? Loosen up, loosen up. So I would go up to people and I'd be like, what kind of hog you riding on? And they would start talking about their bikes, and I'd be like, you want to know about my hog? And I would throw this hog in their face and start squeezing it, so it'd be like, <laughs> right in their faces, <laughs> just the weirdest stuff, you know. So I always tell people, I'm like. I may dress sexy but I'm not the sexy bartender. Mm. Okay? I'm the weird one. <laughs> so that's why I'm memorable cuz I do funny things but it's just it's just who I am. Yeah, I think. You know, I just I think
0: I think if off. I walked into your bar and you know, I saw a girl twerking or uh using the, using the corner of the bar like a, a stripper pole and then all of a sudden you come out doing the robot. That you doing the robot would be more memorable. <laughs> For some reason, then the girl, uh, uh, twerking or whatever.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I do a mean mosquito. Like I legitimately will throw my arms around in the air. Like I'm trying to kill a mosquito. (laughs) Really? yeah. I do like the directional, like, look this way, look that way. Look this. I mean, I'm horrible (laughs) at dancing. So I'm just like, what other horrible stances can I bring to the game? Because I will never be that girl. If you put me on a stripper pole, I would get booed off the stage. <laughs> like, it would be humiliating. I am not that girl. And there are some talented women up there mm. who are genuinely athletic. Like, this girl, Faye, the things she can do, it's amazing. And she's so sweet to boot. But the thing is, is that that's just not in me. Mm. But I can help you with the taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or you know more likely to the I don't, uh, I don't know if you uh you watch Doctor Who but Matt Smith doing the wedding dance just walking walking around with his hands waving in the air or something I haven't seen it
1: but that sounds about like my dance style. <laughs> so i just embrace it so i yeah. think that's what as people long as you're love. Genuine. that
0: yeah you're yeah, genuine to yourself and i'm sure people would go nuts for that i mean uh yeah.
1: well plus my spankings. People come to my bar mm. to see me spank people. <laughs> you
0: know, they throw their friends out, out at you, and uh... oh yeah.
1: <laughs> well, do you want me to tell you how I do this? How I th- how I cast my net?
0: Please, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, <laughs> so usually when I see, because I'm not going to go up to a single individual and be like, "Hey, wanna spank?" Mm. That they're going to ask me if they want me to spank them, right? Mm. But and, and this was what this is with the paddle. This is not like you know, I'm not like. Putting them over my knee or something—it's a whole performance. But whenever I see a big group of guys, I always know there's going to be one in the group who has pissed everybody off at this point. Mm. So I will go up and go, "Hey, for twenty dollars or thirty dollars or whatever, I will—well, frankly, I say I will beat the shit out of one of your friends with a paddle while you recorded on video. (laughs) Who are we doing today?" You know, because that's something they're never going to live down. Uh-huh. And they're usually, they'll be like, oh, no, no, no. Or they'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy over there. And they'll point. <laughs> and so the guy will see it. Cause I'm like, shh, don't say anything, right? And the guy will be like, what are you guys talking about? And I'll be like, I was asking if you guys wanted to shut up. You know, he turned me down. And I'll just make something up. And I'll tell the guy, like, when I come back, like, get your camera ready. Mm. And so then... I'll blow my whistle, you know, uh, ring my cowbell, make a big spectacle of it. He'll come over and grab the guy, and they're always like, "Ah, shit, you know, (laughs) what are you gonna do to me?" But I won't even leave. I won't leave the wallet in to even help. Mm. Like I take their wallet out, phone, keys, anything that's in their back pockets that could potentially hurt them as well. Mm. You know, I make sure I feel around. Where's all the meat? Because you can hurt somebody if you don't do it correctly. Right. You go too high or too low, so I got to make sure. And I tell them, "Don't move," (laughs) because I am not trying to injure anybody, and I haven't yet. And don't throw your hands back there or else your hand will get hit because can't stop mid-swing. And I'm just paddling, and the boys always have fun with it because they know it's all in good fun, but I just enjoy it because they're like, oh, it can't hurt that bad. And I'll go, oh, it can't hurt. Look at these little girl arms. <laughs> little old me, not going to hurt big old you. Oh, I will make so much. Oh, they crumple after three. It's amazing. I love it.
0: Uh oh, I've learned more about spanking during this show than I thought I'd ever learn, ever learn so uh good to know. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> well, just next, if you ever go to church just don't be the friend that pisses everybody off and come to my bar.
0: Right. Uh I uh, I think uh, just because of my me being un- uncomfortable with crowds, you'd end up uh walking up to me with your uh your pig uh you know. <laughs>
1: You'd be one of my one-on-one people and yeah. that would be okay too because I do <laughs> a lot of that. There are a lot of people who go and they're very like, a lot of people just go because they want to experience it themselves and they want to people watch and they just want to be immersed in the experience, right? They don't necessarily want to do a body shot or be spanked or I even have people crawl around on my bar, bar floor while I, uh, you know, kind of hit them with a little paddle. Mm. So, I, I mean, I do all sorts of fun stuff and and their friends are paying me to do this, you know, and they're recording it. And, you know, everybody's having a good time because you can't make somebody do something that they haven't given you permission to do. Right. Mm. I'm not forcing these people to do this.
2: Mm. So
1: I, cause people will be like, no, I'm nope, absolutely not. And I was all right. You know, I will not do it if they say no, because, you know, that I'm sure that's a violation of a law somewhere. Right. Mm. But. I'm telling you, even the people who just come in by themselves, like they have a great time just being able to watch and talk to us, and and I love having regulars mm-hmm. that will come and see me at different venues across the country. I mean, that's amazing to be able to create that kind of relationship with people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be incredible. Uh, just to uh, you know make friends with uh, out of a crowd is incredible in itself, and I I admire you for that and be able to keep track of at least a face. Cause I'm bad with names too. So as, uh, as you're doing this though, do you still get the typical bartender questions? Like, uh, why don't you get a real job or, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. any of those, any of those questions?
1: So I did have somebody who, um, it was a woman who was kind of, okay. She wasn't kind of being a bitch. She was just being a bitch. And she was like, you know, and and she didn't look like she rode in on a Harley. Okay. We get some people who just look like they came there to be Karens and Uh Covester. And she's like, is this what you aspired to be was a bartender? And I was like, no, I wanted to be a stripper and I failed. You know, like (laughs) I, I will just give them shitty answers. But sometimes when people start to get disrespectful with me, I will tell them, I'm like, Um, Right. So I have a degree in economics with a minor in ag econ. I've worked with diplomats. I've worked with the military. I worked overseas for two years. I've managed billions and trillions of dollars within the banking industry. But hey, it's cool. Make (laughs) your assumptions. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of these women have businesses on the side. They're professionals, you know, like we create a persona for this bartending right nobody's going there because they're like i'd love to talk about supply and demand yeah. you know like <laughs> let's talk about the law curve you know nobody cares about that <laughs> like they come there for a real experience and so you know if they want to know something about me they will or if they're being assholes i'll just tell them but you know these women are intelligent and you know well traveled and have done so many cool things in so many different countries. They do a ton of charity work. Like if you actually talk to a lot of these women, they're just really amazing, empowered, strong, you know, impressive Mm. women. And so I just, you know, whenever anybody gets shitty about it, I'm like, I will let you know who I am, sir. (laughs)
2: Like
1: if I need to. I was trying to create this like, you know, cutesy fun person for you. And then I am that cutesy fun person. But if you want to sit down and have a serious talk about, like, international political economic, like, jargon, or if we want to talk about hyperinflation in Latin America, we can have that discussion. But I don't think you came to Sturgis for that. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, just, yeah um, I, I just love my
1: brain, too. I've got brains and boobs. It's yeah. an amazing comment.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for uh, a lot of waitresses or – well, anybody that works in the service industry, because people always ask them questions like, is this what you wanted to do for your life? Why don't you get a real job? You know, some of them just do it because they like doing it. And yeah. and sure, those people that ask those uh, stupid questions, they try your patience and whether, you know, do I really want to deal with this person anymore? They have to train themselves, look at the big picture and uh, see how much fun they're having other than that minute they spent with them. And, uh, it sounds like you have absolutely no problem with that. You
1: know? No. And the other thing that people don't, and I actually think there's a huge awakening happening right now, but you know, I worked for a company that, you know, I was working a minimum of 50 hours a week because I was in kind of middle management, I guess you could say, you know, managing a considerable amount of business and I'm not going to say who, but I worked for one of the largest custodial banks in the world. And, you know, I loved my coworkers, you know, I had fun, but it, it's not the same. Right. And eventually I left and, you know, moved into another industry right when COVID hit and ended up getting laid off because I moved into an industry that was reliant upon a low unemployment rate. And so they laid off like pretty much everybody they had hired in 2020 and, and I had just gotten hired in February. So I was mm. furloughed in, yeah, April laid off in June and then started to happen in August. And I realized, you know, there is, so much value in finding joy at work right. and having fun at work and it it just it makes obviously I need to make enough to pay my bills right and I and I do but the thing is is that you know I could go back to corporate America in two minutes frankly mm-hmm. like I could put on LinkedIn hey looking to get back into this done because the entire industry is looking for people but I also want to make sure that I'm happy. And I'm having so much fun doing this, traveling around the country, meeting all these really cool, interesting people, meeting all these like empowered women, like it's amazing. And so when people are like, oh, it's just bartending, you know, there are a lot of bartending groups that will laugh because they're like, I am making, you know, two, three, four times as much as these people in corporate America that are slaving away working like 50 plus hours a week at a job that they're miserable at. And so you have to ask yourself, like, what is success? Is success having the title or is it being happy and going home every day and being like feeling fulfilled by the like encounters that you're having? Or is it dreading waking up every day to go into this place that pays your bills? Right. And so you know, I had to really think about that too, because I was like, I'm educated. I have 20 years of management experience. Like, I have done things that most people have never done in their life. I've traveled to over 20 countries. Like, I have done so many cool things, and I'm technically overqualified to waitress and bartend. Mm. But I love it. Yeah. You know. So it's you know, what what does it matter if if I don't have like avp or VP or officer next to my name is i love what i do right and when i stop loving this then maybe i'll go back to that you know maybe i'll do both maybe i'll do some corporate americans and some travel bartending on the sides of my vacation time but i i just want to be happy and i think a lot of people are realizing that their mental health and their happiness is worth so much more than a title now
0: right uh, I agree totally that is an amazing uh, amazing thing that you just said and I feel like that's a perfect spot to end the podcast because uh, that was very poignant they uh, thank you so much for saying that Um, but uh, and thank you so much for taking time to be on hey bartender podcast it was uh, great having you on getting some of the inside information what goes on it's uh, what I'm sure that was just a small sample uh, what goes this on at Sturgis. <laughs> I
1: have a lot of stories.
0: So, um, if people want to follow you or uh, find out more about you, where uh, where would they go?
1: Ah, so um, almost everything. If you were to look up Roxanne the bartender, R O X Z A N N E the bartender, like all one word, you would find my Instagram, my um, oh lord, <laughs> TikTok, <laughs> my Facebook. Everything social media is connected to Roxanne, the bartender. And I just thought it would be so much easier than trying to look up anything else. And, you know, that's my name and that's what I do.
0: Okay. uh, Thank you so much once again for being on Hey Bartender podcast. It was great to have you on. And guess what, people? It is last call. Last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar because I'm not uh, leaving my spot. This is a good spot for me. I'm uh, quite comfortable here. And you're already standing, so why not come to the bar? Special thanks uh, to Roxanne, the bartender, for coming onto the show. Uh, everything, the stories were so cool. And, uh, you know, that last bit about just doing work that makes you happy, uh, uh, that really, uh, I don't know if it had an effect on you guys, but it sure had an effect on me. That was in, incredible, what she said, uh, you know, taking instead of you know trying to gauge your success by how much money you have over how happy you are. It's uh, it's amazing. Um, remember, if you want to uh, follow her on any of the social medias, go to uh, look for at Roxanne the Bartender. That's R-O-X-Z-A-N-N-E, the bartender, all one word. And uh, see some of the uh, visuals of what she was talking about at, uh, happens when she travels around in... Uh, does biker rallies and festivals and things like that. You know, uh, It's a lot of fun. Uh, trust me. Remember, if you want to pick up anything from Hey Bartender Podcast, head on over to www.heybartenderpodcast.com. You can listen to previous episodes. You can uh, check out some of the Hey Bartender Podcast swag. Uh, and remember, if you want to get a hold of me, my email, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok all of them are at Hey Bartender Podcast, And have you guys been watching the Halloween haunted restaurants and bars that I've been putting up? Check those out. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Uh, and if you have a haunted story that you want to share for the Halloween episode coming up, if I have enough stories, I'll do one. But if you have a story that you'd like to share, email me or drop me a message on social media. Uh, and uh, we'll see about getting you on the air, or we can uh, do a TikTok video about it. Remember to check out the links page on my Instagram and my TikTok. They will lead you to all of everything Hey Bartender, my uh, Hey Bartender podcast, my website, my and all the links to all the affiliates that I am currently running, Mint Mobile and Raw Rev Nutrition Bars. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Hey Bartender podcast. Remember to comment, like, subscribe, and leave me a star rating on any of the social media or any of the uh, podcast places because I I need ratings. I want ratings. Ratings make me feel good, but not as good as when I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last call? I just got hit!